Blog Talk Radio.
hello. Hello, hello. Check one, two, check, check, check one, two, three, check. Testing, testing one, two, three. Good evening. Hey, this is Kathy Tyson. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I wanted to make sure I can hear everything on the stream. Yeah, it's it's the host. We've got to get in his audio. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'll talk to him in the chat. Okay. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Ken Reedy Show. Normally, at this time, we're about halfway through the show, but uh, we're experiencing some technical difficulties, and our host, Ken, is currently dealing with the situation through Bog Talks administration right now, so please bear with us. Um, this is my first time in the driver's seat here, so please have some patience and bear with me. Uh, tonight, we're going to be discussing the fallout from last night's SummerSlam pay-per-view event on the WWE Network. We want to get your thoughts and opinions. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call, and you can talk. Give us your thoughts, opinions, your likes, your dislikes, whatever you want regarding SummerSlam, because from what I've seen, there's been plenty of backlash from last night's SummerSlam event. So why don't we just get right into it? Okay, since I'm in the driver's seat here, and at any point in time, Ken will probably come on once the audio issues have been fixed. He'll come on and he'll interrupt me. So just bear with us here. Once again, this is a very different atmosphere for this show, something different that we've never dealt with before. So I hope that the Ken Reedy Show family can show some patience. But nonetheless, let's talk SummerSlam. Last night's event, top to bottom, overall, I would have to say I'd give this show a solid B+. The in-ring action, there were 10 matches on the card, packed card. I haven't seen a pay-per-view with that many matches in quite some time. Um, I'm not going to go down the list of every single match, but some of the notable points um, I'd like to make about last night's pay-per-view. Each match got a fair amount of time. Like I said on last night's show, some matches more than others, but nonetheless, a fair amount of time was given to each and every match. And uh, I certainly felt that a crowd in Brooklyn really helped the atmosphere as the viewer for the pay-per-view. Um, I love the, the tag team title match. I thought New Day was excellent um, in their role. They, the people were chanting, New Day rocks. And then they, they went heel on the fans and, uh, you know, made some disparaging remarks about Brooklyn and got them right back into where they were supposed to be, and that is the heels. Um, solid match between all four teams. All four teams brought it. Um, what else can I discuss here regarding last night's SummerSlam show? Well, you know what? I'm sure we'll get into it later, but I will be talking about the controversial finish to last night's main event with Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, as well as talking about the championship match between Seth Rollins and John Cena, winner-take-all for the WWE and United States Heavyweight title. 
Um, those are the two big topics that I'd like to get into this evening here on the Ken Reedy Show. Um, we'll be having AC from the cool down, 1640 PWPR. Check us out on iTunes for free at 1640 PWPR. You can subscribe for free. You can listen to this show, the Ken Reedy Show, AC and the cool down, the King Firehawk Show, the Top Rope Report, and so many others. So check us out right now, 1640 on iTunes. AC from the cooldown will be joining us momentarily to discuss last night's SummerSlam. Him and I had a little personal uh, back-and-forth banter on social media and in private about the finish to last night's championship match, so we'll get into it. Um, give us your thoughts, too, 347-838-9815. Like I said, jam-packed show tonight. I'm in the driver's seat. Never done this before, so... Uh, you're in for a real treat. But you know what? Why don't I have a co-pilot with me? So, Anthony, AC, from the cool down, joining us here tonight. I want your thoughts, your opinions. Give me everything you got as far as last night's SummerSlam, in particular the title match and the main event. Okay, still experiencing some technical difficulties at this time. So I'll just give you my thoughts. I thought last night's showing between John Cena and Seth Rollins for the the winner-take-all championship match was tremendous. Seth Rollins, he's a phenomenal performer. He's been really growing as champion, as a performer, as this past year has gone on. Cena, the measuring stick in WWE, the man currently in WWE right now. And, uh, you know, they put on a hell of a show. New York City was not too kind to John Cena, but we expected that. Everybody expected that. And uh, everybody expected that Seth Rollins was going to be the favorite. Great back-and-forth action. Great story told. You know, I said this on last night's show. John Cena was pointing out that Seth Rollins' character is not a real champion, that he needs help from the authority. And the whole point of this match was to see who the true champion was, whether it be the United States champion, John Cena, or the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Seth Rollins. And last night, in my opinion, I think Seth Rollins' character really brought it in that match against John Cena, proving that he's a champion. Now, the finish. John Stewart getting involved. I think that was done to get some mainstream media press. Okay, John Stewart was the host of The Daily Show just recently leaving that show. He got the hosting gigs for SummerSlam. Him getting involved in the match gets a ton of mainstream press. Okay, and plus, Seth Rollins, He's a bad guy. He's a heel. Heels cheat, okay? People were complaining that Rollins wasn't booked strong or he was booked in a cheap way to beat John Cena. Bad guys win that way. They're cheap. That's how it's done, okay, in some cases. And this story was perfect for that scenario. Overall, I thoroughly enjoyed what that finish came, what came about from that finish in last night's SummerSlam event. I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. Wow. Are we all on? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Holy crap. Thank you for saving my rear end. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on, but somehow, like, of course, the exact same setup that we had last night for some reason is not working tonight. Um, calls, call-ins are working, but uh, we're having issues with the microphone here. I, I don't really know exactly what it is, but we're on now. We're kind of doing the ghetto version of TKRS. I'm, I'm on my phone dialing into the studio, but... Way to hold it down there, Dave. We also have Mike Riker in studio. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Again, that's three four seven 
We're going to try and pull Mike up as well. Uh, he'll be dialing in on his phone. And uh, bear with us here because, hey, it's Blog Talk Radio, and you never know what the hell is going to happen here. Um, but we're going to get Mike on board, Dave holding it down. And uh, so let's let's get into, like, some wrestling talk for crying out loud. Um, I got to say, you know, I agree with you, Dave. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little sick and tired, honestly, of all that, that, that book strong nonsense. I think that, uh, you know, it works, man. You know, he's, he's a heel. Why, why not book him weak? You know, it, it just, as, as they say, I mean, to me, it's who the hell cares? Uh, he's a heel. He did what he needed to do to win. Um, I'm not a big fan of the John Stewart thing either. I think there are other options uh, that you could have had that would have made that work a little better. But, uh, Overall, I like the match a lot, and I do think we have Riker on board now. Let's see, Riker, are you there? I am here. And there you go. This is going to be fun. We're sitting in the studio on our phones, Dave over there on his phone. Uh, good times going on right now at the Ken Reedy Show. But, uh, Mike, what were your thoughts on the, the Rollins Cena match? I thought it was the best match of the night. Um, I think Seth Rollins really was the MVP of last night. Uh, I'm with you, Ken. I didn't like the ending. I didn't mind that he had help. Uh, we talked about this before. Uh, he is a chicken shit heel, so he needs to get away with the title uh, by any means necessary. I just thought it was the wrong person to do that. And John Stewart, I understand they garnered very good mainstream media. Uh, we saw it on ESPN.com. We saw it on Sporting News, Sports Illustrated. So from that sense, it was a, it's a major success. But from a wrestling fan standpoint, I think people were bothered by it, including myself. I think the perfect person would have been Ric Flair uh, trying to thwart uh, 16. Uh, there's word that he might be there tonight uh, on Raw, so that, that could be interesting. But as far as the match itself, I thought it was fantastic. But for me, I thought the Jon Stewart stuff took away from the match. Your thoughts, Dave? I mean, do you agree with that? Uh, I, we're, 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 you know what? I wasn't, when, when he got in the ring, I wasn't, I, I knew something was going to, you know, he was going to get involved and, you know, he, he was kind of obvious in the, in the direction of where his, where the, the, the chair being swung was going to go when he was closer to Cena. But to be quite honest with you, if you really want to break it down, I didn't have a problem with Jon Stewart being the guy to help, you know, um, Seth Rollins win the title. I mean, you'll take the help any way you can if you're the chicken shit heel. So does it matter really who helped him? Would it have had much more of an impact if it was Ric Flair? Yeah, totally agreed because his name has been dropped in the storyline. Cena's close to tying his record for championship. But it, it, like I said, if you break it down, he's a, Seth Rollins is a bad guy who is aligned with the authority, who's in charge of WWE. And therefore, the authority who is in charge of WWE booked Jon Stewart to host SummerSlam. So therefore, they could have paid off the host to help the champ keep the title. I mean, in a sense, it, 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 it makes sense to me, at least. That, that's how I see it. I mean, it really doesn't matter where it came from. He got the help. He won. I mean, if you remember correctly, there was a SummerSlam about four or five years ago. Orton beat Cena at, at, at SummerSlam 09, and he had help from a fan that jumped in the ring. So it turned out to be it was Ted DiBiase's brother, but at that, at that time, nobody knew who that was. Nobody cared that it was a fan that helped him win the title. All they cared about was that John Cena lost and Randy Orton won, and that seems to be the same case here, at least with most people. Obviously, there are some out there that aren't big fans of Stewart getting involved in the match, but me personally, 
I thought it added more just based on the fact that it, it really helped put over Rollins' characters being this the the the, the smarmy the slimy asshole that he is. I gotta tell you, man. You know, I, I'm I, I didn't think of it beforehand, but your point of why couldn't the authority pay off the host uh, to help their boy out? Uh, you know, that does make sense. I, I still think, you know, I mean, the flare thing would have had more impact. I, I wasn't crazy about it. I, I just, I'm totally okay with him cheating to win. Uh, but I didn't, that's a good point, Dave. I didn't think that you could. It's kind of like curious, like coming out of uh, last night, which is why, you know, a lot of them, there's a lot to get into. And it's a amount of time tonight. But, you know, when people talk about SummerSlam and a lot of fans are, you know, crapping on it, to me, like, when you're curious about where we're going to go afterwards and you're excited to tune in for Monday Night Raw, uh, that means a lot. And I'm just kind of curious with the John Stewart thing. I mean, there was supposed to be bad blood between him and Rollins, and now he comes down to help Rollins. What exactly happened there? Like, what is the story being told there? Uh, and, you know, I feel as much as I could sit here and say, well, I wasn't crazy about John Stewart. At the same time, I'm looking forward to Monday Night Raw to see exactly what they're going to do with this. So, uh, on that hand, you know, it's, it's making viewers want to tune into Monday Night Raw, and, and I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see what, what happens with John Stewart. Will we see him tonight? That's a possibility. He's still back in Brooklyn. Who knows? Uh, my, my take is this. The, uh, the John Stewart, to me, took away from the match a little bit. I thought the match was fantastic. I thought Seth Rollins, you saw moves from Seth Rollins last night that we have never seen before. The new gear I thought was interesting. Uh, I, I just felt that the listen, I think whoever got involved in that match towards the end of that match uh, would have taken away. But for me, the focus was on John Stewart and not Seth Rollins. And I think that's a problem. But interestingly enough, I think all of us here are not like, you know, we're not clapping on the event. We're not clapping on the main event. I mean, we think it no. was uh, well, a championship match, excuse me, because it wasn't technically uh, the main event. So, um, you know, I mean, Dave, you're on board there with, with uh, Rollins and uh, John Stewart helping out. Maybe, you know, Mike and I would have rather have been someone else, but I think the three of us are all sitting there uh, thinking that, we like the smarmy heel. We like the cheating heel. We like. We don't necessarily need to see uh, Rollins booked strong, as they say. And Jesus Christ, man, if you, if you can't handle a heel like this at the top of the heat, you got to pull up some old uh, some stuff from the 80s just to see what a, a chicken shit heel is all about. I think Rollins is doing a bang up job. Yeah, listen, I, I listen. he was booked strong last night. He looked fantastic. Uh, I agree. I had no problem with him getting help to win that match. I just had, I had a problem of who was involved. Uh, but as far as his performance last night, I mean, God, I mean, some of the, those moves we saw, Ken, uh, just, you know, taking some moves from John Cena himself, showing some, some tremendous power, showing, showing some great aerial ability. Uh, you know, just just fantastic stuff from Seth Rollins. I thought he was booked strong last night. What do you think about like the match itself, Dave? Outside the ending. Oh, the match itself was phenomenal. Like like Riker said, there were moves that we didn't that, that we didn't think was possible. One thing I loved that I was like absolutely amazed at, and he did it in the 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 match a few weeks ago where he needs but that suplex off the top rope, and then he like rolled up and then suplexed him again, like almost like very um. Uh, uh, three amigos esque, like how Eddie Guerrero used to suplex the guy, but still hold on to him and and and, and do it again. Like I thought that the, the the strength on Rollins was just 
unbelievable. And then this, he did the same spot Cena did to him a minute prior when Cena did the crossbody and Rollins rolled over and then stood up with him in his in his grasp and and slammed him. I I was impressed. I was thoroughly impressed. I didn't think it was going to be a bad match. I knew it was going to be a good match, but I didn't know how good the match was going to be. And I would put it right up there, honestly, as a match of the year candidate based on the bell to bell action alone, aside from the the the, the finish. Phenomenal match. Interesting stuff. You know, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. And you guys are, you know, kick-ass fan base. Thank you all for being patient. And let's grab some people out there who have been waiting on hold. First, first up, we had Tony, who's been on hold for a little bit. Tony, your thoughts on SummerSlam last night? Uh, uh, can you hear me? First off, what was that? I guess you uh, can you hear me? I guess not. We got you. We, we've muddled through the tech difficulties. We're on the road doing the best we can. Uh, so give us a chance. What do you think of SummerSlam? I thought it was a fun show. I didn't think, you know, I, I thought the NXT show was 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 better. I really like the NXT show was just like amazing. But SummerSlam, I thought was a solid show. I didn't really like the finishes to the two main main matches. I was like kind of like. I did, you know, like the whole John Stewart thing is like as soon as he came to the ring, I, knew, I, I it's like okay, he's going to hit Cena. I knew it was going to happen, and and I thought I thought the match was good, but you know, I I thought the finish kind of had a little bad taste in my mouth for me. I mean, even the the same thing with the you know, like Taker and uh, Lesnar. I you know it's like all the, like the bell rings out of nowhere, and I'm just like, what the hell happened? I thought there, I thought there was like a botched uh, call or something there, and then it was just like you. Know, and then we found out the Taker tapped in the replay or whatever, so I don't know if it's going to set up a WrestleMania rematch or what they're going. But um, I thought that you know, but like I said, the two like I said, the two main matches, uh, you know, I think like I, I wasn't really uh, like I said, Cena Rollins I thought was good, wasn't a fan of the of the finish, you know. So you know, I, I know you guys are saying you know, it's like the guy, so he's a heel and heels all heels need to cheat, but they don't really all, not all the heels need to cheat to win. You know, so, I think you know, Tony. You know, to catch up, and I, I still want to hear the, the thoughts, uh, your thoughts on the rest of the card. I, I mean, for me, I think you know, I, I'm okay with them cheating. I'm okay, honestly, with both finishes individually. Um, and that's the weird thing about the two main events. I'm okay with Rollins cheating to win. Again, I'm, I'm not so sure how I'm feeling on John Stewart, but I'm okay with that. And I'm actually very intrigued with the the Taker finish and, and how they did that. But what, what I will at least understand some of the criticism, to me, if you're going to have one screwy finish, and, like, if you go look at it, two main events kind of speak, like, you know, if you're going to have one screwy finish, then maybe have the other match end clean, you know? And that's where I, I kind of, I can understand the criticism. I'm not bent that shape over it. I, I kind of like both finishes, but I do understand that if you're going to have a screwy finish, Having them in both those matches is, is something that I can at least understand uh, where the criticism is coming from there. Okay, well, yeah, well, yeah, it, like you said, they did two screw finishes in the two main matches, which was kind of, you know, because you're echoing something awful. I can't really put hear what you said, so, oh, God, it's, sorry, you know, sorry about it, but, um, like I say, you know, I I didn't think the matches were horrible I mean, by any means. You know, I, I you know I thought they were fun matches. You know, especially like with the, the part when uh, Taker Tombstone Lesnar Lesnar kicked out, and then they both sat up at once, and then Lesnar was just laughing, and then Taker was just like you know mimicking that. I I thought that was a really I thought that was a really <laughs> cool spot. That was a great spot. 
You know, it was just, it was just like I, you know, it's like I'd never seen Undertaker do anything like that before, so it was, that was something different. Uh, but the rest of the card I enjoyed too. I liked, you know, uh, Kevin Owens and Cesaro was really good. I was, um, you know, those guys are really uh, you know, amazing talents. I, you know, the, uh, what was it, you know, the tag title match, the four way, uh, I thought was, I thought was fun. Uh, New, New Day is just, you know, it's like that, that, that it, as a heel, the. That that gimmick works, and you know it's really you know it's like the, the heel you know it's like they're they're really good at you know doing the heel stuff you know, uh, you know being the whole power positivity and being you know just being the way they are it's just, it's, it's a lot of it's just very very entertaining I think you know it's like all all three all three guys are very charismatic and you know are very talented in the ring. Um, you know, I mean, so you know, obviously, so with the other guys that were in the match too. But I mean, you know, I had a feeling the finish was going to be—not that it mattered—but you know, it's. I had a feeling that the finish was going to be New Day winning with prime time players, not going to going to be the ones losing. I I just I had a fun feeling that it was going to happen, and, and that, that's what happened. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was a it was a fun match. Uh, the Divas match was it was it was alright for us. It wasn't on the level of Bailey Sasha, which I thought was my God, that was the best match I've seen on on the NXT show. If I could just go into that for a minute, my God, that match was outstanding. That was like one of the best matches I've ever seen, uh, you know, on in NXT. Uh, but you know, getting back to SummerSlam, uh, I thought the match was alright. You know, because you know, I know some people said to me it was a little green, you know, like a, a little green or a little rough around the edges or whatever. And sometimes she might have might have been. And a little too much, uh, but you know, it's like uh, she's—I mean, she, she was brought in to be kind of more of like the powerhouse type of character. Uh, but I thought, you know, it's like I thought that the match—I thought the match was all right for what it was. You know, I mean, uh, you know, PCB gets the win, so you know, it's now hopefully it'll be you know do something where it's like they'll be looking to go for the uh, you know Divas title, you know, after going after Nikki, yeah, you know. And, yeah, I hope so. I mean, the, the one thing with the, the Divas right now, and I, I like everything the WWE is doing on the main roster, and I kind of like the factions, but now we need to, like, I hope like we have to split up the factions, so we don't need to see them all in the ring all at the same time, all the time. Like, let's split them up, let's see some title matches, let's rotate the, let's have some number one contendership matches. If you're going to have a match like that at SummerSlam, why not have whoever gets the pin gets number one contendership or something, you know? Um, something, just to kind of, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it's almost like to me that, that, that there's this Divas revolution, uh, but you got to make sure that the Divas title, and I, I hate that it should be the ladies' championship or the women's championship, but the Divas title has become secondary. They're, they're building up this, this roster of females that, you know, you still got to maintain the importance of, of the championship, and the championship is becoming very secondary at this point. Uh, to me, like, let's get back to, you know, people going after that belt, and let's but it's really show the fact that, uh, you know, Nikki is going for the record and, uh, you know, kind of push that vibe that, you know, the only way the revolution is going to take hold is if you're able to take that belt for me. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, maybe something like that. But I'd like to see, you know, more relevance, uh, more stress around that, that Divas championship. But uh, I think it was a solid show, top to bottom. Um, maybe not a world beauty type show, but... Uh, a uh, real good summer slam, nonetheless. Thanks a lot, Tony. Thanks for being patient with us tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, talk to you next week. Hopefully, there won't be <laughs> any of these issues. <laughs> Take it easy, brother. You too. Right, we're going to stick here with the phones here because uh, we got a lot of you guys on our hold, so we're going to get to all of you. We got Anthony, who's online. Anthony, how you doing? 
I'm doing good, guys. What's going on? Not much, you know. Blog talk, tech issues, pulling what I have left of the hair on my head out. You know, good time. <laughs> Wonderful, right? No, so we'll get it. I heard Dave earlier when he tried to patch me in, um, you know, and I'm kind of with, uh, you know, I'm kind of with what some of you guys have said. Uh, I love the match up until the point John Stewart got involved. And, you know, I got into it with a couple guys last night. I wouldn't say me and Dave got into it, but we discussed it. And I just, I can't stand it. It totally ruined the match for me. Um, I get I get the uh, national stuff and excitement and all that and uh, bringing new viewers and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, at some point, and this is my biggest thing with Rollins right now, and I love Rollins to death, but, and I get the weaseling out of everything, and I get the, I get the whole thing. But Triple H, his whole idea with putting him in that match with Lesnar was that Rollins was going to stand on his own and prove he was a man. And Triple H cut a promo saying that. They, they dumped the whole storyline so they could do this Undertaker stuff with, with Lesnar. There was no finish. They dumped the storyline. Okay, so then we're going to put him with John Cena. And then he's going to weasel out of this match, too. At some point, when does Seth Rollins have that signature? You know, he went out, he kicked ass, and he just won a great match because he's that he type had of performer. That. When? At Money in the Bank, when he destroyed Dean Ambrose in that ladder match. Yeah. I mean, is Dean, is Dean Ambrose a signature win right now? I mean, it was still kind of fluky. They both fell with the belt. I, I, yeah, but you really feel... You've got to admit, though, he really he didn't get any help from any – his character didn't get any help from anybody in that match. He beat the tar out of him. Yeah, the finish was both guys coming down with the belt at the same time in a ladder match, but Rollins did it on his own. Did it I on agree. his own. He didn't need anybody, anybody's help to do it. I agree, but I don't know if Dean Ambrose is the guy that's going to really put him on that pedestal. I really no, feel like – I agree his, with you there. His title one is – is kind of, I don't know. It's not very good because he doesn't really have, I mean, he hasn't really had a great feud. The Ambrose feud was okay. I'll, I'll give it an okay, but Ambrose isn't on the level. Uh, I actually thought that he should have just outright climbed the ladder and won that match. I remember we talked about that, and it was kind of the same thing. It's like, it's like dude, when is, Ambrose, or, uh, when is Rollins going to be just that great performer? It's not that I don't like the fact that he tries to weasel out of things. I just thought last night might have been that opportunity where he was just, I mean, he was stealing, he was stealing SummerSlam. I didn't think there was going to be a match on that card that I would call the best match of the weekend. And, and Rollins was getting close to that level. And it just, that Stewart thing just totally killed the whole thing for me. It just, it, it, I'm, I'm sick to my stomach over it. Sick to your stomach. Wow, wow. That, that's, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel bad. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I might have been a little strong. I might have been a little strong, but it bothers me. It bothers me. It really does. I get, you know, I didn't think of that. I, I can understand, like, your thoughts. If this was the match that, you know, he was kind of supposed to stand on his own, uh, I, I get what you're saying. Again, it doesn't bother me. And, and for me, uh, Rollins can shoot in almost every match. Uh, but if you continue to set up that, that idea that, you know, all right, now you're going to go out there and do it on your own, and each and every time you think he's going to, he doesn't. 
I, I, I could see where maybe that would get old. And like I said before, I think having a screwy finish in both of those matches uh, kind of shines the critical spotlight on, on each one. Uh, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, I don't want to compare Seth Rollins to Ric Flair, but, you know, Ric Flair has joked on a couple of occasions that he's only won 16 matches in his career, and that's when he won the belt. You know, every other match he either lost or got disqualified or needed shenanigans from the horsemen to kind of retain those titles. The only time he really ever, ever won those titles, uh, won matches, is when he those, won, won titles from uh, back from the, uh, from, the challenge, from the champion. So uh, I think Seth Rollins is doing a good job here. I get what you're saying. I thought Seth Rollins was not booked strong as Brock Lesnar. I agree with you there. But last night, if you look at in-ring performance, it was his best match as champion. And I thought he looked really strong. I thought he looked better than Cena last night. Yes, he did need help from Jon Stewart. I personally didn't like it. Well, not only because, not because of, of, of he needed help, but because of who he was. If it was a Ric Flair, if it was a Triple H, if it was a Kane, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you on that, or if there was some other screwy finish. You know, I even thought of the idea of he's kind of been... Triple H's protege. So Cena has the nose problem. So why not have a sledgehammer snatch under the ring or something? Ref gets knocked out. Rollins hits him with a sledgehammer. You have the same effect without having... To me, that whole thing is just corny. Having Jon Stewart part of it is corny. And to me, I don't, I don't need Jon Stewart to be on WWE programming for the next month. And if he's not, it almost doesn't even make sense to this point. But I mean, that's, I agree with you. I agree with you, Anthony. I totally agree with you. That's just my take on it. The you know the Undertaker Lesnar one, although it was kind of goofy and confusing, I almost could. I I didn't love it, but I could live with it more because I get the idea. You needed a way to get that program to WrestleMania, and you you pretty much got you pretty much got that. And I'll say this, I, and you guys know, I hated the whole idea of that match. But I, I got I mean, I got to put credit where it's due. I mean, I know there's reports that Undertaker collapsed after the match and stuff. But, I mean, that match was light years better than the match they had at WrestleMania. Light years better than I thought it'd be. I mean, I have, I, I mean you got to give credit where it's due. That, was, that match was good also. And, yeah, it was a quirky little finish. I could live with that one a little more than, than Cena and Rollins. Um, I agree with that. I, I think that that was a, uh, you know, I think it's a very unique finish. And uh, Anthony's always good stuff. Thank you so much for the call. And uh, we got a lot of callers in a short amount of time. So we're going to uh, let you go and talk to you next week, brother. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. I want to, before we get, you know, into some of the other calls, I want to get everyone's take on, on the Taker match. Um, it, it's not like it, it was, you know, when you talk about wrestling, People are always clamoring for something different, something new, something unique. Um, I, I kind of like the finish. The more I thought about it, it, it just it, and, I, and I really want an explanation from the timekeeper. I want to see what the timekeeper was thinking. Uh, was are we going to get something where I was worried for Undertaker's safety? Once I saw it, I rang for the bell. I'm curious also with with how the Undertaker is going to respond to this. You know, is he going to admit that he passed? Uh, is he gonna is, is Taker going to be like a Weasley kind of heel and and not admit to tapping out? Are they going to completely flip flop them and, and make Brock completely the face and Taker the heel? 
And when, when you have situations like this in the storytelling, when it's asking questions, when you're excited to watch Monday Night Raw, when you're excited to see how the storyline develops, to me that's a good thing. And you can sit there initially and just say, oh, I hated the finish or I hated that. But when you pull yourself back and you look at it and you're excited for Monday Night Raw and you're curious and you want to hear Heyman's take on it, you want to hear Lesnar's take on it, you know there's got to be a rematch at some point along the line. It's intriguing. Again, I, I look at the criticism here. Two screwy finishes. I understand that. However, this to me was very unique. It was different. I didn't see it coming as far as a quote-unquote living room pop. We were all outraged initially at the finish. We're like, what the hell was that? We're all like yelling at each other. That was stupid. Drop the ball. How can they do this? Blah, blah, blah. And when they went to the replay, that was a living room pop. Everyone went, oh, so I, I thought it was a unique finish, it was a unique take on the match, and uh, I'm curious to see where they go going forward. You hit the nail on the head, Ken. You know, when we first watched it, you look at back and you're like, what just happened here? And then because none of us, you know, like Charles Robinson, you know, us sitting in the living room, we did not see Undertaker tap. So when they played that replay, boy, it was like, oh, my God. After that, I got to be honest with you, I might be in the minority here, I loved it. I absolutely loved the finish for that because, I, as I said on yesterday's show, I, I didn't think Brock should lose. Well, that was the one way you can get away with Brock losing. A, Undertaker tapped, which he's never done in his career, by the way. B, Brock Lesnar passed out. He didn't tap. He didn't get pinned. He delivered the, the middle finger right before he passed out, which I thought was a great moment. The match itself, I thought, was very good. You know, we joked, Ken, uh, during the, you know, when Undertaker was taking off his jacket and Brock attacked him. I was like, this is already better than WrestleMania 30. <laughs> so it was, uh, to me, I, again, when it first happened, I ha- totally hated it. But looking back at that replay and just really, you know, focusing in on what happened, I absolutely loved the ending. And it sets up perfectly for WrestleMania 32. What do you think of the finish, Dave? Um, I, I'll say I like the match. It was light years uh, ahead of WrestleMania 30. Um, I understand why they did that finish. I understand why they did it. There are reasons behind it. To protect Brock, to protect Undertaker. He kind of left it open for a third match. Even though I'm not crazy about a third match, I'll still shell out the 999 to watch it. But um, I'm just kind of curious. Here's a couple of things. Let me just break down the logic here about the finish. First of all, the vantage point of the timekeeper from how I saw it. And I just watched the match about a half hour before we went on the air. It did not look like the timekeeper had a good enough view of seeing undertaker tap. If that's the case and the referee didn't see it. Okay. How does the timekeeper have a better view than the referee and the referee was closer to the action than the timekeeper. That's number one. Number two, when all of a sudden did timekeepers become rogue and start doing things on their own. Okay. If, if you're going to do that, you might as well just have a second referee out there ringing the bell then, okay? And three, when did timekeepers become more observant than the referee of the action in the ring? If that was the case, why didn't the timekeeper ring the bell when John Stewart jumped in the match and cost Cena the Well, and again, I, I think that's where you're curious about where, where things are going to go tonight. I, I, I agree with you. I think we need an explanation out of the timekeeper. We need some sort of explanation on why exactly. Now, it could be simple. 
Uh, it could be very simple. Like I said, I, I feared for Taker's safety. I saw him him tapping, so I I called for the bell. I agree with you. Like it's, but it's pro wrestling. So I mean, I can I can look past certain things, but I I, I will agree with you there. We need an explanation. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We definitely we definitely need an explanation. Go ahead, Dave. It, I'm sorry. It just seems that the logic's off. You know, like it, it, it's like a few years ago, if you, if you remember, Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio wrestled in an I Quit match, and there was a decision at the end that called for the instant replay. When you start doing stuff like that, then you're setting a precedent that we could see these things in the future in storylines that could very well be at a standstill creatively. You know, creatively they might not be able to, you know, what figure out what they're going to do with two certain guys in the storyline so they could come up with a finish like this. And to me, I just think it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's got to be done at the right time. And I just, I, I, and, and to me for this story, like I didn't think the rematch needed to happen. First of all, second of all, I didn't think Undertaker needed to get his heat back. Okay. I think Undertaker's character has taken a beating the past few years in these matches with the streak to the point where he's lost some of that Undertaker mystique. At the same time, it has humanized his character, which could be, which could tell for, which, which could be better storytelling. And I don't know. I just thought I, I, I was not a fan of it. I mean, maybe I'll have to watch it again a time, but I just, I, there wasn't really any logic there. And if that's the case, if they're going to have an explanation from the timekeeper, it better be a good one. It's, it was like last year when, when, Ken, you and I insisted that after Cena got destroyed by Lesnar at SummerSlam, he needed to go off TV for like a month, and they brought him back the next week after they practically portrayed his murder in the middle of the ring by Brock Lesnar. I just, I, there needs to be a really good explanation in order for me to buy it, and right now I'm just not buying this whole timekeeper going rogue thing. I agree with you. I think that we need a we need a legit explanation here on what exactly is going on, and. You know, that's the only thing that's really going to make this storyline make sense in, in everything that happened. Uh, I, I, to me, the WWE kind of painted themselves into a corner. I agree with you, Dave, and we talked about it. I didn't need to see this rematch. I didn't need to see it. In fact, if, if, if after he lost, if we never saw The Undertaker again and that was it for him, but from a fan, I would have been okay with that. Um, I, it's, you know, he's in the twilight of his career. Um, so, like we said, light years away from his his match with, with uh, Brock Lesnar at, at WrestleMania. I mean, like, ridiculously better than, than that match. So, uh, you know, if you kind of absolve yourself, a little, uh, you know, retribution there, you feel better about your career that you had a good match against Brock Lesnar. I mean, I, I, I can understand that. But you needed that moment of... I just think, like I said last night when I when I gave my picks, like they needed to at least keep the option open for Taker Lesnar three, and that's why I thought Taker was going to win, uh, and I thought the WWE needed for Taker to win, uh, but you need Lesnar to look strong and to find a way to kind of do both of those. They kind of did that, but let's see where the storytelling goes moving forward. Three four seven eight three eight ninety one five. That's the number to call. I want to go back out to the phones? Uh, everything is kind of. Uh, a Michigash tonight. We're gonna to go back out and let's let's get things really nutty. We got Mike Ferrara on the line. Mike, how you doing this evening? Hey, good guys. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing all right. What do you got? What do you think of SummerSlam, man? Oh my God! I thought SummerSlam was hot. I thought it was hot. I was getting burned left and right. I thought all the matches were clicking on all cylinders. 
Uh, I want to send a bottle of Pepmo Bismol to Anthony. I, I know I heard he was sick, and he he said he was sick to his stomach. So I hope he feels better. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I it's a it's a shame when that happens, but you know what? It could have been worse. I mean, John Stewart could have been become the W C W champion like uh, David Arquette <laughs> David Arquette did. I mean, it could have been worse. But I like the turn. I like John Stewart. And I like the turn. It was so funny because I'm like, you know, I'm so, I know he's the host and everything. And I, do I have to see him and everything? But then I, I said, you know, five minutes, seconds before the turn, I said, he's going to hit, hit John with the, with the, the chair. And everybody like in the, in the living room was saying, no, 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 that's crazy. That's why, you know, it, it made sense that it almost people forgot that, you know, John Stewart and Seth Rollins had a beef with each other. So it kind of uh, made sense. So, I, I liked it. I thought I thought it was good. I liked the I liked the uh, I liked the, the the new UFC as much as I'm a John Cena fan. I like Seth Rollins and the Authority, and I'm a big Triple H guy. So, I I, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it, it was it was something interesting, and, and I do think you know ultimately, I think most wrestling fans need to kind of check their egos sometimes, and. Whether you agree or disagree, you know, and, and again, I really hope Anthony feels better. Um, but if you are, if, if, you know, sometimes if, if you are legit, like, quote-unquote, stick to your stomach, like, sometimes it's a good thing. If wrestling, like, elicits that sort of visceral reaction and, and promotes debate like this, I think it's a good thing. I think if you get fans heated on both sides of the pendulum, and, and some people hate it and some people love it, and, and it, it, it gets you involved in, in kind of heated discussions surrounding uh, wrestling and finishes, and it gets you pumped to watch Monday Night Raw, I, even if I disagree with the finish, ultimately, I, I got to say it's kind of a good thing prompting that sort of discussion. I agree. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I mean, you know, John Stewart's so funny because I see him. I'm like, my God, is that John Stewart? Is that Kevin Nash? What the heck's going on with his, <laughs> with his hair and his and his and his? And his uh, Kevin Nash takes dumps bigger than John Stewart. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying though, know, as far as Kevin Nash is, as far as you know, John Stewart's appearance with the Kevin Nash haircut and the hairdo and the stuff, it's like so weird with Kevin Nash. You know, I was so used to seeing those guys with the. Uh, you know, the long hair and the and the black hair and you know, twenty years ago they were the click. It's just so funny when you see somebody different then you realize, Wow, John Stewart's getting old, you know? So, uh yeah, it was I, I thought it was great. And it was great seeing Mick. I love seeing Mick Foley, so it was it was great seeing the mixer. But to answer your question though about the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, the question is where do they go from here? Hell in a cell. Brock versus the Undertaker. Let's do it. If I'm if I if I have any control, that's the match that's the next match that I would book. Hell in the cell, Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker and let's get it on. I li- and let's do the thing. I, I like I like the idea. I like seeing that at WrestleMania thirty two in front of a hundred thousand people with possibly Undertaker's retirement match being Undertaker's match that he basically made famous in Hell in the Cell. I think it'd be a great I think it's a great idea. I'm on board. I'm ready, and, and and it also helps with the the Undertaker thing and the um, you know, again, like we we we're all gonna have that WrestleMania 30 image in our mind of of like Brock, and you know, totally annihilating him, and now we have that image of of Taker actually tapping out to kind of getting a victory. 
uh, for this third match to be in Taker's domain, uh, you know, it, it gives credence that, you know, maybe that's the spot that the Taker can beat Lesnar legit. You can beat him clean in, in the Hell in a Cell, you know, no DQ, uh, fight to the finish kind of thing. I, I think you're on to something, Mike. I, I like the call. Damn, I'm yeah, I'm Wait, hold on. Hold on, Dave. Hell in a Cell, WrestleMania 32. That would probably be the only thing that would, that, I mean, like I said earlier, I'll pay, I'll still pay the nine ninety nine to watch it because I'm a wrestling fan, but that would probably be, it, it, yeah, that would probably be the best option. And Brock would have to definitively, definitively beat Undertaker in his own match for Taker to pass the torch in this, in this supposed retirement match. I mean, it's not labeled as a retirement match, but we're all pretty sure that this could be it. Um, coming up at WrestleMania 32. So, yeah, that that would be the best option. No, WrestleMania 32, no, Hell in a Cell in October. Don't they have a Hell in a Cell coming up? That's when I would do it. Not WrestleMania 32. That's going to be no, Sting no, you, versus Undertaker. No, I, I disagree. It's not going to be Sting Taker. You save Undertaker, Brock, Hell in a Cell, not for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, but for yeah. WrestleMania 32 in front of 100,000 exactly. people. Yeah. Is there three guys on the line? Yes. Yeah. There are, there, there's three guys online. Who's the third guy? We we got a guest host that's on board with us from uh, RampSports.com uh, wrestling blogger Mike Riker. Oh, how you doing, Mike? I'm Mike. I'm the original Ramp. How's it going, Mike? I'm good, man. I'm good. Mike, I'm the original. I'm the original Ramp, baby. I'm the Ramp, the guy that loves the Ramp. That's why they love me, you know. I didn't realize we had another Mike, but welcome aboard to the Ken Reedy Show. They're they're a great show. You know, I appreciate it. It is a great show, and I'm happy to be on board. I'm happy you're on board. I, would, I, would, I was like, wait a minute, is there a third guy? Hey, I knew it wasn't Hogan. I know he was the third guy. I knew Hogan was the third guy. But yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think, I think Sting, I think Sting versus Undertaker would be a hell of a match at WrestleMania 32, and I'm hoping that that match happens. But Brock Lesnar and, and Undertaker, I put them in the hell in the cell. In October, I would watch Survivor Series. Well, I would, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a hell in a cell Survivor Series, but I think it's going to happen sooner than people think. Oh, and then Ken, you were talking about you know you didn't want to see it, and why did we have to see it? We had to see it because Brock Lesnar's been going around and he's been tooting his horn with with Paul Heyman, and you know what? Yeah, it, it is true what the Undertaker said. You can't kill you know you can't kill something that's already that's already dead. How are you gonna yep. kill the Undertaker? I I bring him back as the I bring him back as the biker. I like to see that. I like to see him as a biker. It's almost it's almost like we're we're here to that point anyway. But you know, yeah, and, and it, it's I mean the thing is I I just as a fan you know seeing Taker at WrestleMania 30 uh, and as much he looks better at this year's WrestleMania I just to me I think it's time for him to. It's time, you know, and now he had a good showing last night, but that's that's kind of why I said we didn't see it. And Mike, as always, good stuff. Thanks for the call. We'll talk to you next week. Definitely, guys. I'll talk to you guys next week. Mike, you going to be with us next week? That's up to Mr. Reedy. I thought you were a permanent fixture to the show, my friend. I didn't know. All right, but Dave, Dave, and you know what? The, the, before you let me go, Dave, I got to tell you, you are right. Since since when did the timekeeper become a you become a second uh, referee? You're you're exactly right, Dave. To that to that point. But I'm glad that everybody likes SummerSlam, and uh, we're moving on now. And I can't wait. We're just coming on tonight, Monday Night Raw show after it. 
and I heard rumors that Sting might be in the building, so let's just check out for Sting. All right, All Mike. Right. Take, take, take it easy. We'll talk to you later. You got and there you have it. Uh, the wonderful world of Mike Ferrara. And it's funny, man. Everyone wants to get on that Sting thing. And, and Sting, to me, you know, I don't know about you guys. And Dave, we've talked about it. But, Mike, I, I look at Sting Taker as something that, Number one, if it's at WrestleMania, there's no suspense in the match for me because Taker's got to win that match. Number two, I wonder what the two of them can do in the ring with each other to the match deliver. The only thing I think the setup's going to be a lot of fun, the build for the match will be a lot of fun. But it's like it's one of those things almost in theory, theoretically. Yeah, yeah Taker, Taker's thing, definitely. I don't know. I, just, I don't get excited for that. I, I don't either. I mean, they missed the boat. What do you want to say? WWE missed the boat or Sting missed the boat. They missed it at WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta. That was the time to do it. You know, supposedly Sting, uh, in an interview, said he was almost 99% on his way to that company. And I think that would have been the perfect scenario to have Sting in Atlanta, home of WCW, going against Undertaker. I think there would kind of been some question of who could have won that match. Like you said, Ken, now, you know, Sting losing to Triple H this past year's WrestleMania. I don't know what you do with Sting at this point. You know, against Taker doesn't attract him. You know, doesn't is not attractive. You guys mentioned about possibly Bray Wyatt. I think they've done severe damage to Bray Wyatt, in my opinion. Uh, so I don't know what they do with Sting going forward. I mean, the last is the last is the lasting image going to be him losing to Triple H and and then him dropping Bo Dallas on the next Raw. I just don't know what to do with Sting right now. Major question marks there. What to do with Sting? Uh, what to do with Bray Wyatt? I think this is all stuff. Uh, we need to get into it. We got uh, a little 20 minutes left. Dave. Yes, sir. Hey, you want, you want to do it quick? I mean, you know, we're, we're short on time, but how about you give us a, a quick 50-50 since we got to get a news break and we got to get the news of the day. So let me do that. And then after the break, we're going to call and let's talk a little Sting and Bray Wyatt. All right. That sounds good. Good evening. Hit us up, Dave. Go ahead. After a two-week hiatus, and some technical difficulties earlier this evening. Welcome to the illustrious return of the Day 5 50 News Report, brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe to 1640 PWPR for free right now and find out what the future of wrestling podcasts is all about. Now, let's get on to the news. Our first story, uncertainty of a second season of Lucha Underground has allegedly been the main reason why Rey Mysterio has not signed a contract with the promotion. Courtesy of DailyWrestlingNews.com, word in the industry is that Mysterio has also not signed a deal with AAA out of Mexico, but has instead sent feelers out to WWE in hopes of a return to the organization. Mysterio, who is several months removed from parting ways with WWE, has stated publicly that he left WWE on good terms praising the company for the living he made and the opportunities he received while under contract to the sports entertainment juggernaut. However, allegedly, WWE management is not very receptive at this time for a Mysterio return. No reason as to why, but one can speculate the nature of Mysterio's departure from the company could be a reason. For several weeks, rumors have circulated by multiple wrestling media outlets that WWE is looking to form a working relationship with WWN, the parent company of Evolve and Full Impact Pro Wrestling. The relationship would entail WWE getting first crack at some of the top independent talent WWN has to offer. Talks of a deal then began to die down shortly after the news broke, 
But as recent as last week, apparently they're back on, as some WWE officials were allegedly backstage at Evolve's internet pay-per-view last weekend. It's also being reported that Evolve booker Gabe Sapolsky was backstage at Saturday night's NXT TakeOver special. No details have surfaced behind that story, but one would speculate that his visit was to discuss a potential working relationship. It should also be noted that if a deal is made between both parties, that allegedly Paul Heyman has been the one who pushed WWE to hire Sapolsky as a talent scout. That's if WWE is financially supporting WWN during this working relationship. Sapolsky is a longtime Heyman protege, dating back to the days of the original ECW. Sapolsky was also the head booker for a long period of time for Ring of Honor. From the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, TNA Wrestling is allegedly looking to tape Impact Wrestling from the country of India in late 2015. Although a deal on a tour has not been made yet, the company plans on taping television in the country and be building the tapings around the returning hero Mahabli Shira, formerly known as Koya, from Jane Storm's Revolution Faction, which is the main reason for his big push on television as of late. Apparently, the talent have not received official word as to if and when this tour would take place. The TNA roster is allowed to take outside bookings as of now, but if TNA were to book a show, then talent would be forced to cancel their booking in favor of TNA's tour of India. Talking WrestleMania here, Minnesota Vikings Vice President of Public Affairs, Lester Bagley, spoke to the media recently about the brand new $1 billion U.S. Bank Stadium being built for the NFL franchise. In what could be seen as signs of foreshadowing, Bagley spoke of several events that the stadium has already lined up. Events such as the NFL Super Bowl in 2018, an NCAA Basketball Final Four in 2019, a BCS Championship Bowl game, and WWE WrestleMania. Minneapolis has been rumored to host the grand spectacle for well over a year now, but no formal announcement has been made. Bagley didn't give a specific time or date as to when the granddaddy of them all would take place, but the earliest this event could happen in the new stadium is 2017. WWE did officially release a statement shortly after stating that Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as a few other cities, are in the running for a future WrestleMania. But WWE has not announced or even made the decision as to where WrestleMania will emanate following this upcoming WrestleMania 32 event from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, April 6, 2016. A member of the Vikings PR department then spoke after about these rumors coming out and stated that they are hoping WrestleMania comes to the new stadium, but made clear that WWE has not made an official decision on their bid to host the event. The only other city that is publicly known to be in the running is Orlando, Florida, where WrestleMania 24 emanated in 2008 from the Florida Citrus Bowl. And in our final story this week, speaking of WrestleMania yet again, WWE Chief Operating Officer Triple H held a conference call last week to discuss the success of the NXT brand. In the call, Triple H noted that the company is looking into running NXT events alongside some of the major main roster pay-per-view events, such as Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE wants to add to the feel of the major events, essentially making it a long weekend experience, very similar to WrestleMania Week. For WrestleMania Week in Dallas, Texas next year, the company plans to hold an NXT Live event on Friday evening, a Hall of Fame ceremony on Saturday night, and Raw on Monday night, all from the American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas, aside from the actual WrestleMania event at AT&T Stadium. With the success of Saturday evening's NXT sellout event in Brooklyn, New York, this formula looks to be the case moving forward. 
And there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Day 550-50 News Report. For a transcript of tonight's news report, head on over to the Ken Reedy Show Facebook page, as well as the 1640 PWPR Facebook page right now. And while in your travels, head on over to iTunes and subscribe to 1640 PWPR for free. And you can listen to this podcast along with so many other great shows. The Cool Down with AC, Blading for Truth, the King Firehawk Show, and you can't forget about us, the Ken Reedy Show, as well as many others. Don't miss out on what people are calling the home for pro wrestling podcasts. 1640 PWPR. I'm Diamond Dave Rosenbluth, signing off. Good stuff, Dave, as always. Thanks. A little late, but better late than never. Uh, let's get back into, uh, you know, our discussions. And, you know, it's interesting, you know, and, and Mike, you know, we've been hanging out today and we talked a little about it. And I'm, I'm really curious your take on this, Dave. Uh, you know, in wrestling, and we talked about Rollins. You know, Rollins uh, the idea that, you know, he doesn't have to be booked strong. Uh, you know, he, he's a heel. He's a cheating heel. like what he's doing. And I do generally go by that idea that wins and losses don't matter in pro wrestling. You know, you can, you can, you can come out of a loss looking stronger sometimes uh, than a win if you perform it the right way, if it's, if it's portrayed the right way, if the right guys are doing it. However, at times, wins do matter. And guys have to win sometimes, or else they start to be perceived as a jobber. Uh, maybe a high end jobber. I'm not going to sit here and say that Bray Wyatt is a jobber, so to speak. But, you know, not only losing last night, but taking the pin. I, I do start to wonder exactly where they plan on going with the Bray Wyatt character. I'm going to go so far as to say he's ruined, but I think you need to figure out, you know, a, a, a decent direction for him to go in, uh, something, a, a major win, a major windfall, or come out of a program on top. Uh, so as much as the match was good, I still like Bray. But I, I do, I, I am curious where exactly WWE creative is going to go with them. I want to hear your take on that, Dave. Um, you know, he, he's a, he, he's a tricky situation. You know, they, they kind of, he's like a lot of the younger talents that they, that they have highlighted over the years. They start a push, they stop a push. They start a push, they stop a push. Difference between him and everybody else is that to me, he's shined throughout every incarnation of his push or lack thereof since his character's debut on the main roster. You know, we talked about guys like Wade Barrett and Sheamus where they've had some spots where you weren't really sure where their character was going and they seemed to have kind of floundered and not really performed to the standard that you would expect their character to. Bray Wyatt exceeds all of that. Now, I said this on last night's show, I didn't think that Wyatt and Harper losing was going to do anything for them. Um, it wasn't going to hurt them because their characters don't care about wins and losses. Their characters just care about physical abuse, mental, psychological abuse, getting in the guy's head. You don't, you don't, you hardly see Bray Wyatt go after any championships because that's not what he cares about. And it's reminiscent to um, what we're seeing with his character and the, the supposed downfall, I guess you could say of the Bray Wyatt character. Um, it's very similar to the early days of, an individual we spoke of earlier, The Undertaker. Undertaker's character started out really hot, really strong, and then when they turned him babyface, they kind of just fed him to a bunch of giants that really didn't work too well, and it put his character in some compromising positions that you wouldn't expect 
a character like that to be in, but he was still over, insanely over with the audience. I mean, you remember the rivalries he had with Kamala and the giant Gonzalez and, you know, guys like that, very forgettable feuds that didn't really highlight his character very well, but the people still were drawn to the undertaker. And I think with Bray Wyatt, his character coming out on the losing end so much, the audience is still drawn to him. You still see a million cell phones light up every time he comes out. They still pop pretty big for him when he comes out. He gets a pretty damn good reaction, whether it's as a babyface or as a heel, or at least a babyface reaction and a heel reaction. So to me, whatever he's doing is still working. So to me, I don't think the wins and losses really matter for a character like his, because his character isn't driven by championships and greed and money it's driven by psychological and mental and physical abuse and if he can do that as much as he possibly can then that's a win for him so that's that's where i see the whole bray wyatt situation yeah dave i hear what you're saying i i I have to disagree with you i mean you mentioned about the undertaker you know his feuds with giant gonzalez and with kamala uh, the thing is, you know, Undertaker came out of those feuds with wins. I and mean, Undertaker, you didn't see Kamala after that. You didn't see Giant Gonzalez after that. Now, granted, they're not on the caliber of a Dean Ambrose or a Chris Jericho or Roman Reigns. I get that. But he's not, when he, even when he loses, he's not doing damage to these wrestlers. You know, after the feud, after the feud with John Cena, John Cena went on to do bigger and better things. After the feud with Dean Ambrose, he's going on to doing bigger and better things. He's not doing what he's saying he's going to do, and that's the problem I have right now with the way they're booking Bray Wyatt. Understandable. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can see what you're saying there. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, Dave, you're bringing up good points that, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, I, and I see that. That's the thing with this character. He doesn't. He wants to wreak havoc. He wants to damage people. He wants to tear people down. Uh, but, but to your point, Mike, he's not doing that. Like, people are, are kind of coming out better on the other end. So, yeah, if he was to lose a match... But someone comes out of it so disheartened or they're off TV for a while for something or something like that where it's like, or, or kind of at the lesson that they're trying to push Cena in, like for him to go to the dark side, so to speak. Like if you had a face, do something heinous to, to beat Bray Wyatt and then was off TV for a while because he couldn't live with himself, uh, then maybe that works for the Wyatt character. But it, it's... I don't know, like right now, I, I'm kind of, you know, I still love him. I still love the promo style. I think there's there's a lot of potential there. I just, when I, if I'm going to be critical, I just wonder where exactly they're going to go with him as far as uh, character development. Let's go back out to the phones. We got, you guys have been awesome, patient on hold here. And I'm pretty sure this is Mr. Trivia on the whole, on the line. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, guys? What do you got, First of all, uh, I agree with uh, the Bray Wyatt situation. He really hasn't had much luck on pay-per-views uh, recently. And uh, Ken, I can also agree with you on the uh, Undertaker-Sting match for WrestleMania because I'm really not uh, looking forward to it as, uh, that much as well. But getting back to what Mike Ferrara had said, um, I mean, in my opinion, do you really think it's a smart move to put a former UFC fighter in a cage with the Undertaker? I mean, I really think, I mean, if WrestleMania, if those two do have that match at WrestleMania, I really believe that that will be the last of The Undertaker regardless. I mean, last night was a good match, better than WrestleMania. Um, Like I said to you before, Ken, I explained that I was talking to him earlier about the timekeeper, 
I just was surprised to find out who the timekeeper was for last night. And, um, but other than that, I mean, you know, the the pay-per-view wasn't bad. I gave it like a B minus. I saw NXT Saturday was my first time watching NXT. Uh, so I really enjoyed the NXT pay-per-view itself, the Sasha Banks match. That's probably going to go, probably going to go down as probably match of the year. That was awesome. But, uh, as far as, you know, the John Stewart thing, I kind of thought it was pretty funny. Uh, anything that has to do with Cena getting beat to me is kind of funny. But uh, other than that, I mean, it was it was a decent show. I could have did without the four hours, but um, I I thought it was a pretty decent pay per view. And uh, once again, I was real glad that I was able to hear the day five report. I mean, I like I said, I tune in a lot of times to listen to the show, but I also tune in a lot to listen to the day five report. I love that segment. Uh, Dave, you did an excellent job starting off the show. Ken, you got, you got nothing to worry about if Ken couldn't make it. Dave, you'd pick it up 100%. But, uh, so, Thank anything you. about, uh, anything anything special on Raw? I mean, are we going to see Sting? Are we going to see Ric Flair? Are they going to make a mention about, I mean, is uh, John, John Cena going to come out and challenge John Stewart because of what happened last night? I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. Guys, I'm not going to hold you any longer because I'm going to get another call. Uh, it was a great show. Great talking to you, and uh, have a good night. Thanks all this trivia. Great stuff. I sure, man. He comes on. It's short, sweet, to the point. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, tonight I think we're going to – I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to be a special Raw, but um, there's a lot of questions to be answered. We're hearing that Flair's going to be there. Uh, you know, do we have a Sting sighting tonight? Again, you know, Sting, we're talking about Bray Wyatt, you know, and Sting, you know, you brought up the point WrestleMania Atlanta was the place to use Sting. Uh, you know, if you're going to use Sting now – to me, first and foremost, you've you got to get a win under his belt. Um, you can't have him lose at WrestleMania Triple H, hold him back until WrestleMania uh, 32, and then have him lose to Taker. Uh, that makes no sense to me. Put him in a program at some point. Uh, let, let him, you know, get a win, get a valuable win. Uh, but Sting is one of those guys that, like, right now on the roster, it's weird. Like, it's, and theoretically, it's, like, cool they brought Sting into the, the mix. But I'm just kind of sitting here, like, where, what the hell do you do with him? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I look at the roster. I look at guys who could work. Um, I honestly don't know where exactly you stick him. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by this Raw, guys, because, you know, we talked about yesterday being, SummerSlam being the WrestleMania of the summer. Well, this Raw could be kind of like the Raw after WrestleMania. You know, you have it in the same place you had SummerSlam. Uh, so, you know, a lot of talk about Sting and Ric Flair being on this program. I think you're going to see more Ric Flair than Sting. But you're right, Ken. I just don't, like I said before, I don't know what you do with Sting. There's not a program you can put him in and say, all right, beat this guy. We're going to put him against a guy like a Kevin Owens or a Bray Wyatt and just kind of like maybe, you know, we, Bray Wyatt's on this, on this downtrodden spiral. And you're going to continue that with Sting? Uh, Kevin Owens has is, is got some momentum going after Cesaro. You can have Sting kind of thwart that. I don't see where I don't understand where you go with Sting at this point. I don't I don't get it. What are your thoughts, Dave? I I I'm kind of in the same boat with you guys, but here's a couple instances, and I'll be short and sweet about this as to where they could post put put Sting. Okay, I agree. He needs a win under his belt, especially if they were going to put him in a match at WrestleMania where he could lose. Okay, but we don't even know what his WrestleMania plans are. There's talk he might not even wrestle on the card. He'll just be inducted in the Hall of Fame. Be that as it may, Rex, you mentioned earlier, Atlanta, the perfect spot for Undertaker and Sting to wrestle at WrestleMania a few years back, okay? Well, 
Survivor Series just so happens is going to be in Atlanta. And you know how the WWE likes to do. They like to, you know, when it comes to the network now, they want, they, they want these big guys, these big names to try and attract more subscriptions and more viewers. Well, with Sting being the prototypical WCW banner leading wrestler that he was, I mean, in WCW's old stomping grounds of Atlanta, Georgia, what better way to hype him being a part of Survivor Series, maybe leading a team or maybe wrestling Bray Wyatt on that card and promoting his appearance at Survivor Series, coinciding with the archived footage of Sting in his glory days in WCW? Or the other option is you can go even earlier. Because if he's going to appear on Raw tonight, then I would imagine he's going to be doing something fairly soon. And Night of Champions is, is one of their, their, uh, their B pay-per-views, I guess you could say. It wouldn't shock me. And, and you know how WWE loves to do things, you know, say that they've done it first. Sting against Seth Rollins for the WWE title at Night of Champions. You want to elevate Seth Rollins. At the same time, you could promote that Sting, for the first time in his career, competing for the WWE Championship at Night of Champions. Wow. That would be intriguing. Uh, the only problem I have with it, again, is, is you know, you, you know, you can't have Sting's not going to come out successful in that. And I think we need, you know, unless he, he gets it in some sort of uh, number one contendership match, we get a victory at least. I just feel like Sting needs a victory. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because nowadays with pay-per-views mainly being on the network, and we've, all, we've seen since WWE has put their pay-per-views on the network, we've seen more screwy finishes or non-finishes to, to, to big matches on, on pay-per-views in the past year and a half. What if Sting got the upset victory over Rollins in some, side of, some kind of screwy finish, and then it's revealed the next night on Raw that Rollins had his foot under the rope or the referee made a fast count or something. You At least Sting would get that victory. It would be in the highlight reel. He would kind of live in that moment, per se, and then you deal with it the next night on Raw. Interesting stuff. I mean, night of champions, you got to feel they want to do something big. We got about four minutes left. We got Kevin who's calling all the way from Cali, who's giving us the buzz. Kevin, you got a couple minutes. Bring it strong. What do you got for us, brother? First and foremost, Ken, Mike, glad to be on the show. You brothers are just killing it today. Love it, man. You guys are doing a great show today. Got to get that out there first and foremost. I want to talk about Cena Rollins, Taker Lesnar, possibly a Sting being involved somewhere where you guys are talking about right now. Comes to Cena Rollins, I like the match. I too have a little bit of a problem with how John Stewart was using the match, but at the same time, I understand why he was used the way he was using that match because WWE, in particular, you know Vince McMahon, he likes trying to get that mainstream appeal where he figures he throws what he considers to be an A-lister celebrity in there involved in a high-profile match in his company. He figures that would give him some mainstream attention, so I can understand why he did what he did. At the same time, I've heard a few callers on your show today. They're having problems with how Rollins won the match. Well, if you think about it, Rollins is a heel. And heels, in, in traditional sense of professional wrestling logic, heels are supposed to cheat to win. I get how a lot of people are conditioned to the point now where nowadays they want to see a cleanly contested match, in particular, of course, when they want to see someone cleanly beat Cena. But like I said, you know, Rollins is a heel, and he did what a heel, especially a heel champion, should do, cheat to beat the seemingly unstoppable baby face, that being John Cena. And then we go over to Taker Lesnar. First and foremost, God, I really hope Taker's okay, because I saw that video, and there's no way that was a work. God truly believe in my heart and my soul, and from some friends of mine I've talked to recently, 
that was for real. I hope Taker's health is okay, and I hope he's able to still be able to go, hopefully on a part-time schedule as he gets closer towards what we all believe to be his last match at 32. Um, I heard one of your other callers say earlier something I was thinking about as soon as I saw that finish last night. I don't think that it's just going to be put on the back burner right now till 32. I think there's a good chance we could see at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view out here in Los Angeles, Taker, Lesnar, at Hell in a Cell in Los Angeles in October. What the outcome's going to be, I don't know, but Taker... If he can hold up, which I hope he can, I think that match might happen, and then that could contribute to building towards a Taker-Lesnar showdown at 32, or maybe somehow, some way, maybe that's when we see Sting somehow get involved, and they take Taker away from Lesnar and put Taker and Sting together. What to do with Lesnar? Hey, maybe they might do something where somewhere in the meantime, Cena gets 16, but somehow he loses it. Lesnar gets put back in the mix. He wins a title or... Maybe he gets involved in the title chase, and we have a big main event to help sell out AT&T Stadium involving Cena, Lesnar, Rollins, maybe even, if they don't want to do a triple threat, a fatal four with another possible contender. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a returning Daniel Bryan for the WWE title WrestleMania 32. Those are just some of my thoughts and theories I want to throw out there at y'all. What y'all think about that? Good stuff. I mean, you, you definitely, you know, when something like this happens at a SummerSlam, it definitely puts your fantasy booker hat on. Um you know, I don't know, maybe maybe you think it's going to happen in Los Angeles, or maybe you're just hoping it's going to happen in Los Angeles. But I do think whether it's in WrestleMania or Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell match with two of them works. Yeah, I think it absolutely works. Uh, I personally would love to see it in front of 100,000 people in Dallas. Uh, I think it's the perfect match for Brock to get over. Uh, he would beat him, end the streak at 30, beat him in his own match at 32, and then Undertaker goes off in the sunset. Undertaker could put everything he has into that match because he knows it's going to be his last match. Uh, I think it could end up being a really good match, kind of like we saw last night. Uh, so, uh, to me, I, I don't think Undertaker Brock's going to happen uh, in October. I think it's going to happen in, in, in April in, in, Mar- in Dallas. Kevin, I like your, your style. I like what you're thinking. You know, we're right up against the end of the show. So, can I let you go? But thanks for the support, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, brothers. Y'all take care and have a good one, all right? Take it easy, brother. Thanks, Kevin. Good stuff from Kevin again. Guys, you know, all the callers. The guys who weren't able to get to tonight, thank you. We are at 10 seconds left. Dave, thanks for holding it down to start the show. Mike, great weekend. Thanks for being on two shows tonight. For Mike and Dave, I am Ken. Enjoy Raw. Good night, everybody.